Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, tell me about your friend that felt like he was in exile but somehow found hope. Well, I went to visit him, and I had heard uh, that he was having difficult times, and uh, we have different backgrounds. He's of a different denomination than I am, although he's a Christian. But he had been falsely accused by his church, and they'd had this church trial, and there were false witnesses against him, and he had been put out of the church for something he really had not done. Mm -hmm. And he was really hurting over this because he had been treated so rudely by those he thought were his brothers and sisters. So I went to give him comfort. But the truth is that he had already worked through some of this because he said, you know, chaplain, don't worry about this. I'm going to be okay. You know, I've learned that Jesus himself was in exile as a baby. Hmm. And so I'm just in Egypt for a while. I'm in exile for a moment, but eventually I'm going to get home. It's going to be okay. I'm going to trust Jesus to guide me through this period of exile in my life. What a great Yeah, he exhibited a tremendous faith and a bigger picture perspective of this than what most people are able to take. Because usually we're so myopic over the pain we're experiencing, we can't see that there might be a bigger picture someplace. But he was able to grasp that. Uh, recognizing Jesus' success was basically living his success before he had to go through it. Wow, that, that's a great perspective. Actually, he's talking about a story that is found in Matthew 2, because that's when mm-hmm. Jesus had to go to Egypt. And then um, we are going to try to put this in the perspective of the whole gospel of Matthew. But before that, let's just say that today we are starting actually the final week of our series of Jesus' birth, because we are in the week of Christmas. Um, we have done the prophecies on the first week of December, then we did all the, the, the theological significance of the of the birth of Jesus in the New Testament. We've done events preceding Jesus' birth last week, and this is the week that we talk about Jesus' birth and events that uh, follow Jesus' birth right. immediately after his birth. And so right now we're going to jump ahead after the birth to something that happened very shortly after the birth. We're going to come back to the birth here the next couple of days, but right now we want to move to something that happened right after the birth of Jesus, and we find this in Matthew chapter 2. Okay, now Matthew um, has one main premise in his gospel. Though don't forget that uh, Matthew's audience is mainly Jewish. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to tell them that all the things that happened to Israel, where they failed in some way or that they had difficulties, Jesus is going to go through himself and relive the life of Israel in himself. So he applies all the things that in the Old Testament they were for Israel now to Jesus. And he quotes the prophecy as if it was Jesus instead of Israel. That is an exciting idea that Jesus has succeeded wherever we have failed. And the story of, of humanity is a story of one failure after the other. Yes. I mean, you, when you read the biblical stories, these these great men and women of God were flawed people. They had failure after failure after failure, and yet God marched triumphantly through with them. And now Jesus comes through and relives all that experience of Israel, but does so successfully. So successfully. And, and this is probably one of the main theological uh, themes of Matthew saying that not only did Jesus die a perfect death on your behalf, but he actually lived a perfect life on That's your behalf. Right. And for Israel, this was great news because Israel had failed miserably, for example, in the exile when they forgot God and they were taken in exile 
by, by Assyria and Babylonia. So now we're going to talk about the time when Matthew actually starts doing this, talking about the baby Jesus and applying the prophecies of Israel to his life. That's right. Verse 13 of Matthew chapter 2, Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. He remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Okay, let's put this in perspective for a moment. Matthew um, has a big thing with the number five because he's trying to prove that Jesus is the new and greater Moses and Moses had written the Torah uh, in their eyes. There were five books. And so he divides a lot of things in Matthew in five, including the infancy of Jesus. We have five events in in the life of uh, the infant Jesus, and each one of them is built around an Old Testament prophecy. This one that Mike just read is the third of the five that Mm -hmm. we find in the Gospel of Matthew. And he says that Jesus ended up in Egypt to fulfill what the prophet had said, out of Egypt I call my son. But if we go to the, uh, that actual prophecy, this doesn't seem to be about Jesus. No, it doesn't. Uh, Hosea 11, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And so it, it appears to be more about Israel than it does Jesus, until you put it into the perspective that Jesus is reliving Israel's history yes. and therefore succeeding where Israel has failed. You know, Hosea chapter 11 is one of the most passionate chapters that we have in the whole Bible about how God feels about people, and in this case about his son Israel as a mm-hmm. nation. And it says, out of, out of Egypt I called my son, and I called them with cords of love. I brought them to me, yes. and they wouldn't recognize who I was. And I mean, it's a very passionate chapter. Take a moment to, to read oh, it. It is a, it's a beautiful chapter, and it's a heartbreaking chapter. Yes, and here uh, Matthew says, well, now Jesus is going to Egypt, the same as Israel had to go, and now um, this is actually fulfilling ultimately the prophecy that out of Egypt I called my son. Only this one listens to me. This one responds to my love. This one hears my voice and knows me and lives in perfect harmony with me. What a great, uh, actually, what a great message that if you accept Jesus Christ, then uh, your life record is also perfect because his life is put in your record. Right. I mean, this is great news for the for the Jews, but it's also for us in this it's Christmas wonderful, season. wonderful news for us that I don't stand on my own record. I stand on the record of Jesus Christ because mine is one, like most everyone else in the human race, is one of failure. Yeah, not just of Israel, but of every one of us. Every one of us. Then after Egypt, see, there were two main events in the life of Israel. One was Egypt, where they Mm -hmm. spent 400 years as slaves. The second one was when the whole nation, after conquering Canaan, they just forget God and they give themselves into idolatry. And so the kingdom is divided in two and two outside powers will take them into exile. And um, and now that prophecy is going to be applied to Jesus. You remember Herod, who is a very, very bad king, will do something terrible that most of us can't even imagine on verse 16 of this chapter. Realizing that he has missed the opportunity to get the, the the one born king of the Jews, so to speak, he decides that he's going to do his best in order to destroy this child. Verse 16, then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the Magi. Now, we are going to go over the story of the Magi uh, actually on December 24th, because a lot of people know about this story regarding uh, the 
birth of Jesus. But here we have, uh, if you remember in the story, he asked them when they saw the star. And so we pretty much know the answer because he will uh, actually kill all the babies that are two years and under. Mm-hmm. Bethlehem wasn't a big city. No, it was not. But, it was so probably it, it was 20 or 30 babies that, that were killed that day, which one is too many already. Yeah, one is too many. But this was a ruthless king who had eventually, um, at the end of his life, killed his mother-in-law, his wife, his three uh, children, everything so that there wouldn't be anybody around to take his throne. It was said by the Roman emperor that it would be safer to be Herod's pig than his son because of his tendency to kill people related to him. Yes, any anybody that could be a king or possibly take his place, yes. he would just kill them. Yeah. And so he orders this terrible slaughter of the babies of Bethlehem, and then Matthew gives a prophecy about that. Verse 17, Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because they were no more. Now, here we have a prophecy that is actually recorded in the book of Jeremiah, like Matthew says, um, chapter 31, verse 15. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet Mm -hmm. because he actually cries so much because his people are in such despair um, and exile. And here we have a euphemism, um, which is is talking in, in metaphors, Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel was the, the second wife of Jacob. And Jacob, of course, is the one that whose name was changed to Israel. To Israel. So, Rachel, so she is kind of the mother of, of Israel, Israel. Uh, yeah, weeping of for, children. for her children, yes, weeping and for this nation. So if you go back to Jeremiah 31, 15, this is where we find this, this prophecy about Israel again. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children. And of course, since Jesus is reliving Israel's past, only doing so successfully, this mm-hmm. prophecy is now applied to him because, of course, of the, the slaughter of these children. And I'm sure there was a lot of weeping that night oh, in Bethlehem. You know, it. you know it. There definitely was. And so, from these two uh, prophecies, the way Matthew applies, uh, applies them, he wants to remind us once again that Jesus relives uh, Israel's history and somehow does it all right where it was all wrong. But not only has he relived Israel's history correctly, he has pre-lived your life. Mm -hmm. And he has already succeeded every place where you have failed and every place you ever will fail. He has lived the perfect life for you. You can trust in his merits because Jesus has lived your life prior to your existence, and he did so <laughs> perfectly. perfectly. Yeah, what, what a great comfort. See, one of the greatest messages that Christmas has for us is that when God sent a Savior to the world, the package was complete. Yeah. It's not that he only was paying the penalty for your sins, but that you now, through him, had a perfect life, a perfect death, and we're assured of a perfect resurrection to eternal life, even if you die here on this earth, because of of the victory that he gained on your behalf. Again, it is a reminder that your salvation is a a completed deal. Mm -hmm. Jesus has already won your salvation at Calvary. He lived a perfect life, he died a perfect death, and his perfect life covers your imperfect life. This is something you can trust in and you can find great hope in this Christmas. Christmas is the story of how Jesus became your your Savior, granting you salvation through His perfect life, His perfect death. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.